the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 28, recorded Tuesday, July 22nd, 2014. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. EdTech is brought to you by Middle Atlantic Products and their new customer-focused website, Middle Atlantic Products, what great systems are built on. This is EdTech, the monthly uh, education-focused show brought to you by the fine folks at Aviation. Hello, my name is Tom Albright. I'm your host. With us this month is Mr. Greg Brown, UCLA, and uh, he also writes from time to time for Infocom All Voices and still, for some reason, the chair of the uh, Technology Managers Council. How are you, sir? I'm just fine, and it's only a, it's only a, a, a two-year thing, so in... In theory, sometime at the end of this year, they'll they'll put me out of my misery. I mean, uh, replace me with somebody else who knows what they're doing. Well, the, the neat thing all about this show is is usually we have Scott Tyner on, who's who's neck deep in, in installation. So he's been a tech manager, you've been a tech manager, and our next guest has been a tech and manager. Although I, I must say, it's very easy for Scott to be neck deep in in many things. Very nice short yes. joke. <laughs> that was a cheap shot. It's a good what, shot. Four eleven. Yeah. Jeez. All right. Ernie Bailey is from the University of, of Arkansas Medical <laughs> Services Sciences. You're gonna love this show. Um, how are you, sir? I'm doing just great. And Greg, I had it for three years. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Don't oh, hold okay. your breath there, Mr. Yeah. Brown. Yeah, I, I was part of the group that made the change from uh, two two-year terms to one or to two one-year terms. So. Well, it wouldn't be so bad if people actually showed up to meetings. Not like I'm bitter or anything after the show. Thank yeah. you very much, all you council members out there who had better <laughs> things to do. Just for the record, I'm no longer a council member. I can't, I can't be, so I had no business being there. That's why I wasn't there. Yes. Just wanted to I wouldn't there. mind if you'd shown I'm up. I'm still on the work. list for some reason. I can't get off the list, but I'm, I'm no longer a tech manager. I'm an well, independent you know. programmer. You know, you guys don't want me there. Uh, last but not least, uh, be nice to her, gentlemen. Uh, is Chrissy <laughs> Winsky. Uh, Chrissy is now from K through twelve Tech Decisions, uh, a, a EH publication. So, how are you, ma'am? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, since this is our, our all of our podcasts are brought to you by the fine folks at Middle Atlantic, uh, MiddleAtlantic.com. We'll talk about them in a, in a couple minutes and some of the stuff they have going on. This is our first our, our first show uh, for EdTech uh, following Infocom 2014. Big show. Uh, they, they broke records, 37,000-plus. Um, last year in Orlando, it was the biggest concentration of technology managers, and I don't know that there was quite that many this year. Um, but it was, it was a good show, right? And it was a good show this year for tech managers. So, Greg, we'll start with you. Coming out of, out of Vegas, what big things uh, technology-wise for education kind of struck you? Like what was like, oh, my gosh, or you know, I don't believe that they're doing that and pushing it towards education? Um, let's see, you know, it, I, I've been, I've been buying into the idea that, you know, it was, it was somebody used the line evolutionary rather than revolutionary. And I, I like that. I think I even used that in my blog, my, my blog, which is currently being held hostage by Infocom hey. because they're not happy with it, but I won't say anything else cause I'll get myself in trouble undoubtedly. <laughs> um, 
The um, but I think I use that line, and I think that's how I would describe it. You know, a lot of you know interesting new incremental things out there. I really didn't see anything that really thought I thought was just you know super new and revolutionary and crazy and you know is going to rock all of our worlds. I mean, everybody's doing collaborative stuff, and it's really kind of a it's really almost kind of a pain in the butt for us on on this end because we have to figure out all of um, you know everybody's changing features all the time and which box do you want? Well, it's, you know this department likes this box because it does this, and this department wants this box because it does this. It's it's kind of an embarrassment of riches, but I really wouldn't call any of that stuff revolutionary. Lasers are big, but I think we were sort of expecting that. Curious to hear what everybody else has to say. Was there anything that you came out of there going, I have to have one of those uh, tomorrow? No. No? No. Okay. Uh, Chrissy, you covered it, obviously, for, for EH. What uh, what did you take out of it from, you know, not only for, for IRED, but also for the K-12 through market? Uh, was there anything that kind of struck you that, you know, this is something that they need to have? Um, I kind of agree with Greg. I mean, I didn't see anything that was, like, super, super revolutionary. Um, obviously, the collaboration solutions were big again, but kind of the one thing that I thought was a little bit um, interesting is the the smart cap, and I just thought that um, it's a really good system for like small group instruction, which is big in K-12, versus a lot of the larger systems, which are more for whole classrooms. So I thought that was a little bit different, um, but again, there's there wasn't there wasn't too much that I kind of walked away with going, oh wow, you know, that's really really unique. Okay. Yeah, the one thing that was, it was a kind of a continuation of 2013, and that was the, the huddle spaces, the collaborative. Um, almost every booth we went into in 2013 had some sort of huddle thing or another. And, and this year, uh, we'll talk about this in a few minutes, the, the flip classroom was, was the new buzzword, at least for education folks. Uh, I shouldn't say buzzword, but that was what was kind of what they were selling. So. It's new, it's hot, it's the in thing. <laughs> it's the in thing. We're, uh, we're over collaboration, apparently. It had its, it, its five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's one or two shows. So, uh, all right, um, a couple things real quickly. Um, our, our buddy Matt Scott, who, who's on a couple of our shows, uh, wrote a piece in 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 um, in uh, um, well, it's on AV Network. Uh, I believe he worked for SCN um, about Crown's uh, amp that that has AVB baked into it. And it's not this. The, the I don't want to have the conversation with you guys about that product necessarily, but about AVB in general. Um, they they came out this year. They had. Their first Avenue Alliance certified product was a, was a switch. Makes sense, right? Uh, the second one is, is this amp. The question for you guys, and Ernie, we'll start with you. What's the place for AVB or something like AVB on uh, a, a, a campus? Um, what are some of the drawbacks of, of putting in something like this, or are there any? Is it just kind of like this is, makes sense to, for us? Well, uh, for us, the big deal is, uh, you know, how does it ride on, on the overall network? Uh, how does, and that's the question I get because, you know, we are uh, an academic health science center, but uh, most of what we have is driven by our hospital and our research areas. Uh, the university part is not the uh, largest part, and we have to follow their rules. Now, being able to run things over, over uh, AVB would be a big advantage to us in how we uh, support our systems. And as we're seeing more and more uh, of our core units uh, wanting to uh, ride on the network and communicate across the network as opposed to a, 
a dedicated network as we've been setting up in the past. Uh, I think seeing this option available, you know, whether it's an amplifier or uh, a network switch or uh, a matrix switch that allow us to output everything across the, the network and, you know, we're already running everything over CAT cable, so why not take the next step and go over the, uh, the main university network and have everything on, on one trunk. But once again, we, we get into bandwidth issues and we get into uh, other uh, regulations that we see across the rest of the campus. Yeah. Uh, Greg, you got you have we, we've talked about this before on the show. You have an interesting, I think it's an interesting interesting setup at UCLA, where you have correct me if I'm wrong, like a hundred IT departments. Thirty four last 34, I heard. Okay, yeah, hundred thirty four, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> you you trying to do there are AVB? Thirty four IT departments. Yes, yeah. And... So so talk me through this, right? Um, so so your group could your group do AVB in, in your own little private, you know? you know, network infrastructure, or is that just an act of Congress? I don't know. We've never, we've never tried it. It's never something that, um, it's not something that's come up. Um, our rooms are generally, you know, individual little rooms. The only thing that we're sending um, distances is, is control and monitoring type okay. stuff. So audio really hasn't come up. And actually, I thought I saw more Dante stuff uh appearing on on everything audio out there but i don't know you know um that was just my impression but no i don't i i think any of this is or or a lot of this stuff yeah we'd have to we'd have to see whether we could do it um you know i i will work with three different departments sometimes to get uh, to get live lit data ports in my rooms um I think the word you used was interesting, and I can think of plenty of other adjectives, none, of, none of which are appropriate for even this show. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, because, you know. I... Do, do we have to uh, behave ourselves because Chrissy's here? No, you don't have to behave yourself. No. no okay. She, she, oh, okay. She, she okay. can take care of herself. I mean, are you kidding me? She's from she's from Massachusetts, dude. She'd eat you alive. Oh. Don't <laughs> I look like yes. it? Uh, I, I already know a, a, a lady from Massachusetts who would also eat you alive, and, and and has threatened to kick my butt yes. on a few occasions. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, Chrissy. Uh, let's talk about, but not only you know, uh, secondary education in, in, in elementary mm -hmm. schools, but all the way through 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 higher ed. What are the implications of AVB? You know, when it comes to like Ernie said, you know, putting on the network and making sure the bandwidth's there. Is it a viable option for 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 education uh, installation installations? Easy for me to say. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think it's probably certainly more viable for higher education. It's not something that we've actually ever really covered in like the K twelve world. Mm -hmm. um, but I know a lot of the coverage that we've done on tech decisions. We kind of thought that like AVB would be kind of like the next big thing, but it hasn't really taken off the way we expected it to because we had um, kind of written about, you know, oh, well, maybe at Infocom we did last year, oh, you know, AVB products, you'll see those at Infocom, and there still hasn't been a ton of movement around that. No, there hasn't. There's actually one of the, there's a speaker coming out, um, and it's a higher-end speaker. It's it's the next thing that's, I believe it's the next thing, if, if my memory and my notes are correct. It's the next thing to become certified, right? And yeah. 
we're supposed to do a, a special with these folks. <laughs> and they're like, okay, I mean, let's, let's plan it for like the middle of July. And it's the 23rd, 22nd. Uh, they're still waiting on it. And I think they're still working out the the, 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 uh, the, the tweaks and the twerks mm-hmm. of, of getting the certification. Because uh, we talked to them back in, in February, like, oh, yeah, we got a system going on. Da, 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 and they got the first one. And then it was June before the second thing came out. <laughs> And nothing, you know, nothing against the University of New Hampshire. I'm sure they're a fine institution. It's just like, you know, you're right. There hasn't been a whole lot of movement. I think that there's a bottleneck somewhere, right? Um, right. And, and, but once that bottleneck gets opened up, I think that's, that's going to be something cool for, some, for them. So. Yeah, I, I think, the, I think the, the elephant in the room here with this, and I, you know, it's a nice article, and I, met, I like Matt, even though he's Canadian. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he comes up with some good ideas. And... Um, this is the point where I you you give them my email address. No, right? no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, okay, fine. I, I just alienated a country. You know, that's... You, you alienated three people from Canada that listen to us. Um, yes, all th- all three. All right? three of them. <laughs> um, the the elephant here in the room here is it is it AVB is still AB. You know. Yes. Where where's the V? We've been waiting patiently for. Like you know, for for years, and okay, there's all sorts of neat audio products which are gonna fit some interesting, useful niches. But I think we're all kind of looking forward to that V one of these days. You know, yes. ideally before we retire. Well, you're you're a lot closer than the rest of us. So <laughs> <laughs> I probably got the at, lead on that one. Yeah. At, at two, Timothy. Thank you very much. I love you too. Says, says the man who just turned forty. So. Um, in all seriousness, the last in, in 2013 there was Barco. In 2014, uh, there was another company that was showing video. But Greg's right; there's nothing yet that's been certified that's out there that's handling the video portion. And so, until there is, um, you know, we'll kind of hold our breath and, and see what they've got. I don't recommend holding our breath for this one. Oh, <laughs> Good, he's my curmudgeon. Uh, all right, from our find uh, our buddies over at Commercial Integrator, Microsoft is laying off eight fourteen percent. Of their workforce, Four, all eight, the people that were in the Infocom booth. Eighteen, there's they were less than that. <laughs> eighteen thousand employees. Uh, Microsoft uh, CEO, uh, Mr. Nadella, said that that he is taking an axe. He didn't say this, but um, but yeah, fourteen thousand, fourteen percent. I'm switching these. Fourteen percent of their workforce. Uh, Chrissy, first of all, what kind of impact is this going to have on on education? Because a lot of these folks are the people who interface. Uh, with education facilities, whether it's licenses for um, office or licenses for for the operating system, uh, getting folks you know surface deals, which is one of, of Microsoft's initiatives, how is this going to impact the the education market? I mean, I think it's probably still a little too early to say, but I think Microsoft has had enough problems kind of getting into the education space, and this you know certainly isn't going to help. You know, they had expected. Um, the Surface tablet to kind of like be the next big thing in one-to-one, and that didn't happen, and so it can't be good for them. Yeah. Uh, I have a a buddy of mine who, um, he's an integrator out in San Francisco, and he told me the other day, he goes, I'm buying a Surface Pro. I'm like, well, why? (laughs) Why? To to program one, I swear to you. He's he's using it as his his laptop uh, extension. And uh, another buddy (laughs) of ours, uh, Phil Cordell, his programmer programs on the Surface. So... I think it's finding its way. I don't, I don't think it's it's quite hit education yet like they wanted it to, but it's finding its way. 
Uh, Greg, what is this going to be? You know, the the loss of of fourteen percent of Microsoft. What's that going What's that going to mean to to us? To you guys? I I hope the first person out the door is the person who invented Clippy. Oh jeez, that person's <laughs> retired by now. Certainly. <laughs> surely they've they retired. So lucky they should they should have been shot. Clippy's they, like they twenty were. years old, twenty five years old. Well, yeah, younger kids in the audience go go and Google this yeah, and go you'll, Google you'll understand. Um, I I you know I agree with Cliff, with uh, Chrissy. You I almost called her Clippy. Didn't you? <laughs> yeah, Clippy. I, I I would say you've undoubtedly been called worse, but that might not be the case. Um, <laughs> the um, you know we'll we'll find out. I mean, Microsoft is just such a weird company. I I have a harder time thinking of a company that is that is more successful doing incredibly stupid things. I mean, look at all the incredibly stupid things they have done and the things in their programs which are just so, hey, let's change this year's version of the program completely so nobody understands it. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody else has been able to get away with that like Microsoft has. So maybe they'll behave a little bit more like a like a... a, a a decent company and will make sense and create stuff that we like and works right the first time. But do you think maybe the reason for that is that the fact that they have the margin to do that, right? They, they've had, they've got more money than God, Probably. You know, but yes, yes, yes. So that, undoubtedly. They, yeah. They've had that ability. Uh, Ernie, what's this going to mean for guys and guys and gals in education? Uh, uh I'm going to have to go along with the consensus here. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I don't know that it's going to do a lot. We, we're not seeing a lot of, uh, you know, Microsoft products uh, walk into the classroom under the uh, BYOD or anything like that. Uh, yes, we have uh, Windows-based computers in all of our classrooms, uh, but, I mean, that's because that's what we started with, I guess, and that's kind of the platform we've used. Uh, but... I don't ever see anyone from Microsoft walk into my office and say, what can I do for you? You know, how, how can we improve your stuff? You know, uh, I get that from other manufacturers, from the AV manufacturers. You know, they, they send a rep in here and say, you know, how are things going, what's going on. I don't get that from Microsoft, so I don't know that I'm going to see a change in that. I've had a request uh, twice to uh, have a Surface in a classroom. Really? How'd Two you, times. How did you handle it? Uh, do you say no, or do you just say here's here's a connector for it? Well, uh, the first one I said we're in the process of working on it, uh, and the second and they well they wanted to use them wirelessly, so uh, we then uh, got a hold of a uh, Crestron Air Media device, and uh, I've got a floater device now that we we move from room to room for that. So we that, we have one. We we have one instructor using it that I know of, and they're just plugged in wired. Okay. Yeah, plugged in wired. We're already set for. That's no different than a, a laptop for us. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've 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 installed a couple of the Air Medias and and been relatively uh, pleasantly surprised with them. I should say pleasant. I've been surprised with them. Uh, very happy with them so far. So. Uh, all right. Uh, we talked about uh, the flip classroom uh, from Educause. Um, I got an email the other day about it. It's, it was called The Seven Things You Should Know About Flip Classrooms. And the reason I bring this up is AMX had something, Crestron had something, a number of manufacturers 
had something about flipped classrooms that I had never heard really that that term before. And so I wanted to bring it to to you folks uh, to see your your take on on the flipped classroom. Uh, Chrissy, we'll, we'll start with you on this one. Whether it's it's um, uh, middle school or high school or, or um, higher ed, my understanding of of the whole flip idea is this: you do homework in the classroom, and you go home to watch the presentation or watch the lecture. And technology is how is facilitating that idea. Is that kind of right? Yeah, I mean, it's flipped because basically you're learning what you would think of as a typical lesson. You're learning on your own. So you're either watching a video outside of school or it could even be like you can even read a text and then you come back into school the next day and instead of class time being spent on a lecture, it's spent in some kind of like activity-based assignment. So it's a little more, there's more active learning involved. Um, Technology is definitely a really common way to facilitate it, and it's a really big trend in K-12, but also in higher ed, too. Um, I had done a couple of stories on that when I was um, still working with higher ed tech decisions. And there's a lot of, like, lecture capture involved and all kinds of pretty neat things. Um, it can be kind of tricky to, to figure out, and it can definitely be done in the wrong way, but it's a big trend right now. Uh, Ernie, we'll, we'll kick this off with you. What impact do you think, if anything, in the in the college market, do you think this is going to have? Do you see well, it where, you know, go ahead. I can say uh, we're seeing it uh, both in our College of Medicine, our College of Pharmacy, a whole lot. Okay. Uh, and some of the other schools are starting to implement it. We have uh, five different colleges here. Uh, but uh, and all health science related, but the uh, we in fact we have developed a classroom, a shared classroom among the departments. Uh, it can handle about 200 students, uh, and that puts them in groups of six. So we're t- we've taken the lecture out. The students are now getting that, uh, you know, offline. They're watching at home or whatever, and they come in and you know class starts out with a quiz. Uh, wow. The way they're doing it is real interesting to start out with an individual quiz. You take that, you turn in your scorecard, you know, this little, uh, just a little score sheet or whatever, or they use audience response for some of the classes, so they just kind of go through at a self-paced rate. Uh, when that's over, they take the same quiz as a team. Hmm. Huh. Uh, and it's interesting, we're seeing that, you know, when they meet as a group, they're learning collaboration right there. They they work with each other. They get a higher score. Uh, wow. So it's really impressive. And then they work on projects based on the lecture. There, there's an instructor. We set the lectern in the center of the room, you know, which really freaked out the faculty at first. <laughs> but there are, there are student tables. You know, there are tables that seat six each all the way around it. Uh, it's a big rectangle, like it's a dead center is the lectern. So the instructor is there and they uh, might give a five minute talk to start out the project and then they wander around huh. uh, answering questions, helping, you know. Uh, it's more of a lab situation, but it, it's an active learning situation that we're doing. Uh, along with uh, that as well, we have a teaching with technology symposium uh, that actually takes place Thursday and Friday of this week. Hmm. We started out, it was just for our campus. Uh, we now have K through 12 and colleges, you know, higher ed from all over our state and from outside the state. Uh, we have internationally known key spe- keynote speakers. Uh, 
Uh, it's a two-day event, uh, and there's several uh, workshops and small group discussions about effectively running a flipped uh, classroom wow. this year. So it's it's really it's really neat, uh, and that we've seen that for the last uh, three years. We've had discussions on that. That uh, so I think it's a really big deal, and like I said, it's K through 12, all the way through higher ed, and in graduate schools. How are you, uh, Greg? We'll get to you on this one, how, but Ernie, real quickly, how are you facilitating? The lecture part. I mean, are are you taking them into a studio, or are you do, are they doing it at their desk with a webcam? How are you facilitating that part? Uh, well, a lot of them we we have recorded the lectures in years past. Okay. We we started doing some lecture capture uh, about three or four years ago. It turned out, you know, the faculty were all against doing lecture capture, but when they realized that there were about thirty five uh, iPhones set up pointing at the screen, recording the lecture. They decided it was better to have some control over it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was how we got uh, some of our faculty into the uh, lecture capture mode, and they, they've kept those, and they're either using those or they're pulling information. Some of them are doing desk recordings. Some of them are finding pre-recorded things, or they're giving uh, book assignments uh, and not giving the traditional, you know, two-hour lecture. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, all right, Mr. Brown, in the world of UCLA, uh, where does this fall, the, the whole flipped classroom? Well, I, I think the reason you're seeing all the, the, the flipped classroom monikers on, on all the products all of a sudden is, you know, um, um, Ernie mentioned it. At, at some point, they're using some form of collaboration, yeah. and these are all the same collaboration devices that they've been touting for the last couple of years, and, and now they've learned that this is part of flipped classrooms, and probably half of these marketing folks don't understand what a flipped classroom is anyway. And uh, but but it's the new it's the new catchphrase, and so we'll market it for flipped classrooms because that's the hot thing. And I think that's what's going on as far as the the products at Infocom. Um, and actually, some of the some of the Cal State schools are are doing some much more interesting stuff. Uh, with with this than uh, than any of the UCs that I know of, so um, but they tend to be a lot more innovative and uh, cutting edge as opposed to us, you know, stuffy old fashioned UC system schools. And explain to people who've never watched this what the difference is between Cal State and UC systems. Well, the the University of Cali California, the University of California system are the are the top schools, are the oh, most geez. elite schools. <laughs> yeah, and right. and then the Cal State schools are the other schools, and then right below them are the community college district. Hey there, do we, we don't even talk about them? That's my that's my uh, those are my peeps, community college folks. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break here real quick. Uh, talk to her about our, our, our buddies over at Middle Atlantic. You guys can take a break, take a drink of water. You know, Greg can go surf while I, while I talk about this. So. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, Aviation and all of our podcasts brought to you by Middle Atlantic and their new C5 series credenzas and their FlexView display solutions. Uh, if you go to our YouTube page, you will see uh, me playing with their FlexView, making it move up and down. It's a, it's a display system. And it has a motor that lets you lower and, and raise the, the display, which is kind of cool. Um, 
But first, the, the, the C5 series credenzas, this is an extension, an evolution uh, of their already existing credenzas. And if you're watching the video up on here, I've got their their web page because this is how many new freaking laminate or uh, uh, covers they've got. I mean, this is, it's a, it's a lot. There's a couple here that look like marble. Um, you you buy the metal in the in the right say, size and shape that you want, yeah, and then you granites. mix it with the uh, with the the sides, colored sides that you want, yes. and can create any like thousands of different things. It's a really cool system. It's a very cool system, and they've got all sorts of different um, additions and vents and uh, uh, venting motors and stuff like that. So yeah, lots of cool stuff. Um, so you can go by the website, check that out. Um, and then the FlexView uh, display solution, they've got three different models, uh, two or three different models. One of them is, is built for uh, video conferencing. Uh, they've got a big base where you can put a, a battery pack in it and, and, uh, and basically have a mobile VC unit. Uh, the other one, like I mentioned, has the motor that lets you raise and lower uh, the, uh, the display for a number of different ones, reasons. One of them, uh, honestly, is for accessibility, uh, for, uh, for, uh, hand, uh, for disabled uh, people that they can't quite reach the display you can lower it down to to whatever height you need to be so you can check all this stuff at, at middleatlantic.com also at middleatlantic.com you can get uh, 24 and uh, 24 hour 12 hour support i almost gave becky villa real heart attack uh you can 12 hours support 8 a.m to 8 p.m eastern time uh so you know greg you can still you know hook up with them if, if you're working on something late into the afternoon uh, on the west coast so middle always, it, always had good luck with middle atlantic stuff yeah and, and you're on all, all the way on the west coast so that's that's saying something you know getting shipped from jersey so actually oh, i'm pretty sure they have a stocking warehouse here in california if i remember well, right. they do but i was trying to you know i was trying to you know make it <laughs> seem better i don't know uh the reason i know that they do is is middle atlantic uh provided us with a podium and um, let's just say that a rack got mis misplaced and that they had to ship one um, from California to Vegas for Infocom this year. So, yeah, they, they do have a stocking warehouse. That's how I know. Uh, so, yeah, MiddleAtlantic.com, MiddleAtlantic, what great systems are built on. Yeah, if you, if you came by our, our wonderful little uh, our, our ragtag booth uh, at Infocom this year, um, there was a big, giant, nice podium, uh, and that was a Middle Atlantic podium. Had a rack built in it and had all kinds of really cool things. So, staffed by your wife most of the staffed time. Staffed by my wife most of the time. Yes, very well done. Very well done. <laughs> all in the family, I see. Yes, yes. Uh, my wife and then a bunch of red band guys uh, helped us out uh, with that as well. So, uh, all right, uh, let us move on. Uh, th this okay. This is from also from AV Network, and uh, I'll show the picture here. And, and for those of you watching, not watching, but listening to it. Um, Okay, so it's a Resi award for the best remote control. Don't yell at me yet. It's not about the Resi remote control. Here's the here's the thing where, where my brain went with this, guys. Uh, Ernie, we'll kick this off with you. I'm seeing a lot of, both in my designs, and, and I work for a company called Innovad. We, we do uh, design consulting as well as, as uh, custom programming, independent programming. I'm seeing a lot of scope of works where... Instead of a Crestron control or an AMX control, uh, you know, fancy smancy uh, touch panel, I'm seeing iPads more and more, right? And iPad minis. I've seen like two or three iPad minis in the last month. So here's the question for you, gentlemen, and for you, Chrissy. Mm -hmm. What sort of remote, what sort of control should be 
in the classroom. Ernie, we'll start with you. Okay. Well, uh, I'm still for using the traditional Crestron panels, uh, but at the same time, I mean, you're working on a project for us right now, about to wrap up, where we're requiring iPad controls also. Uh, so we can walk in with our iPads. The thinking here on our campus is an iPad is usable elsewhere, as I've discovered. Uh, in one room where I had an iPad controller. I no longer had a controller. Uh, behind uh, two locked doors and a locked drawer, I lost an iPad. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, and they sold the power supply with it also. It was in a different area, so someone knew what they were doing. Uh, but uh, so, you know. Those are the worst uh, times. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I have yet to have a Crestron panel walk out of a classroom. <laughs> Um, so our preference is something is that we do go with the wireless units. Okay. Uh, so we can, you know, an, an assistant instructor or graduate assistant can sit in the back and control things if the instructor so desires. Uh, or we can actually take the, if we have someone that doesn't push buttons, right. We can, we can take the controller off, get, get their PowerPoint set or whatever they're going to be doing. And, uh, they don't mess anything up during the lecture. Um, so we, ha we have those options. Uh, but once again, we do have iPad controls. About half of my staff have their own iPads. I bought the Crestron app for them. Okay. Uh, so they, they can step in the back of the room and not have to go up to the lectern and push buttons. They can, they can, they see what the problem is from the, from the door, hit some buttons and make the changes most of the time. Uh, so my answer is both controllers definitely have a place in the classroom. Um, you know, price-wise, uh, yes, the iPad's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing price drops in the in the touch panels, so uh, maybe we'll have a uh, wash price-wise. But um, my in-house programmer prefers programming towards the Crestron panel, even though he is. Uh, big with iOS systems, so. No, but I think I think both is is a valid answer to this question, right? Because uh, right. you you brought up a good point. You know, for for your techs who who need to walk in and not disrupt the class, but still get the the system up and running, a a mobile uh, controller is 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 useful, very useful. Yes. Um, all right, Mr. Brown. When it comes to yours, uh, you still have one of those racks that we've been watching for the last year. Um, behind you with the, the, the touch panel. Um, yeah, because I don't have a place to put it. There's classrooms all over you. I'm sure you can find one. Uh, what? Uh, it's, it's not finished because they won't tell me what they want exactly to do. So it's an, it's an unfinished oh, rack, Lord. and I'm out of space in the little cubby so where we store you, You've been working racks. for university too long. You need to come work with me. Oh, okay. Uh, um, what uh, what do you say when it comes to, to touch panels and stuff? What 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 belongs in classrooms? We 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 don't have any here. I actually will be. You don't have any what? Uh, alternative. Okay, control there we go. Because I know you've got touch panels. You got one right behind you. <laughs> yes, we've we've got a number of touch panels. We don't any have deployed? any deployed. Oh wow! <laughs> ouch! Ouch! Very nice. Tw Twenty nine actually. Um, 29 right now, and um, no alternative cut touch panels. I think like a lot of schools, we're we're 
we're we're kind of slow adopters. You know, we we don't need to be. You know, the line I've used occasionally is, you know, we've got what? We've got 10,000 faculty. Many of them are old. All of them are impatient. I, I don't need to be the first person rolling out any sort of brand new technology. <laughs> um, and so we're going to wait and see. Like I, um, I think I said, I will probably be rolling out my first room this summer, later this summer, that will have a, um, an iPad backup uh, okay. control which will be sort of my first to, to screw up. So we'll see, you know, check back in with me in a couple of okay. months and I'll let you know how, how, how creative I was in, in, in messing that up. All right. I will definitely take you up on that. Uh, I might have you write something for us. That would be kind of cool. To get your, and here's the thing. I, I like the iPad as a secondary, and we'll, Chrissy will get your two cents on this too. Um, but I think I'm, I'm leaning more toward to Ernie with, you know, I, I do like the, the wired or, or at least the, the, the dedicated Crestron piece. Uh, I've never heard of a Crestron controller going missing, even a wireless one. <laughs> what the heck are you going to do? Are you going to throw it on eBay or something? We, we did have, I, I don't know specifically it was Crestron, but we had a, had a department with uh, all they had was a wireless touch panel and it went away. Wow. And and they and guess what? Guess what? They didn't own the code. Oh, I bet that's a surprise to you. Jeez. And so they were they were just completely Hosed. screwed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To use the vernacular. Yes. To use to use the the Oxford uh, the Oxford vernacular. All right, Chrissy. Uh, what what do you from your experience and from talking to folks? Um, what do you think, or what what has your sense? What uh, what sh what kind of controller should be in a classroom? I mean, I don't know that one is better than the other, but I personally like the idea of the iPad, especially since a lot of schools are moving in that direction anyways. Um, I just like the idea of having one device that kind of does everything, although I hadn't really thought about it getting stolen, which is a really good point. But then again, if people are stealing Crestron touch panels, I don't know. <laughs> it's in California. It's an isolated event. <laughs> we, we were obviously off surfing at the yes. time. Yes. <laughs> No. Okay, yeah, that's a good point, too. I, I, here's the thing. The first time I saw one uh, in, in action, um, I, I was under-impressed, and then they have done some interesting things. Both AMX and Crestron have done some interesting things with their apps over the last year, both with feedback and with the reliability. Um, but I still think I'm, I'm, I'm with Ernie. With I, I like it as a backup as of right now. First-generation apps, you know, apps year, two years ago were, were, were really kind of sucky they clunky. were like racing to get something out there and most of them were yeah. pretty were pretty clunky better things are out there now so i i think you're going to see more people jumping on the bandwagon yeah uh the one thing i do like is is both amx's and, and crestron's feedback um I, i'm a big fan of, of being able to whether it's getting it feedback from from a buy amp or getting it back from a um a, you know, the dsp or, or the projector or what have you um, most of them, I think most of them, you have to buy the, the upgraded one that doesn't come with the free one, the, that feedback. So, yeah. All right. Um, from Lynn Scrogan, or Scrogan, uh, this is from uh, our buddies over at Rave, is the education market bouncing back? Um, and this is kind of after ISTE uh, 2014, um, one of the biggest education conferences in the U.S. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I'll ask you, gentlemen, and Chrissy, is the market bouncing back? Are you guys seeing that? Ernie, um, are you seeing a bounce back from from uh, education? Uh, I mean, we're doing more. We're coming up with funding, uh, internal funding, 
to do more. Uh, we've we've done a good bit over the last year and have several projects lined up for next year uh, that two or three years ago I was told, uh, you know, we're not doing anything right now. So uh, maybe it is coming back and hopefully it will get back to where it was several years ago. Yes, Mr. Brown. Oh, you are going to ask me, aren't you? Well, you were, um, you were, you were, you know, you were sighing. So, <laughs> hey, look, I I ignored the reference to the company earlier that I just could have <clears throat> completely. I know. Thank you. Talked about the way I talked about like two shows ago, uh, uh, but I didn't. Thank you. Um, you're you're welcome. <laughs> You hit me with the ruler enough times I've actually... <laughs> I never hit my well, a couple times, but that was, you know... It was Vegas um, and we were out, so... You just... I just what? Nothing. Go ahead. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> is the education market bouncing back? My my first question was, I didn't know it had gone anywhere. Oh, um, brother. Oh, yes. You don't live in Illinois. <laughs> yes, it's gone somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it slowed down a little bit from my perspective. I mean, our our funding didn't change at all, but okay. See, I, uh, why do I why do I keep having you on? Because you keep, <laughs> you keep saying things like that, and so so I can disagree with everything. No, you say. it's just okay. So here's what's infuriating, right? And, and we're going to get into slight no some 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 state politics. But California is the most broke state in the union. The only people more yeah, broke yes, is Illinois. Broke. And you've Most got competently run. <laughs> oh my! And you, your funding never changed. No. Holy no. cow! Wow. They're 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 oh. they're up there with the dartboard throwing the darts, and they they never hit our square. Oh I, my you know, what gosh! Am I to say? <laughs> uh, you are the luckiest man on the face of this earth. You realize that. What what's what was the commercial? Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Oh. You know, don't don't hate me because oh, don't hate me because my budget didn't change. Oh, I, I don't hate you. I know hate how this... to write a proposal. Yeah, I don't hate you. I hate the situation. I'm I'm not kidding. I knew guys and, and, and women that that in, in University of Illinois and and UI, uh, um, ISU and, and downstate, they were on furlough. Their budgets got slashed. I mean everything. And you nothing. Well, you know the Cal States have had problems, but the Cal States didn't have any money to begin with. I have been told by some of my Cal State friends they would kill me if it got me their but got me got them my budget. Fortunately, it won't. <laughs> Are you sure about that? There's not like some bylaws. <laughs> yes, somewhere. I checked. Okay. <laughs> Be before I met with them, I checked. Oh, jeez. Before you took a drink. All right, <laughs> yes. Chrissy. From with the with the, with the University of California system aside. <laughs> what what have you heard? Do you think the, uh, the 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 education market is coming back? Oh, I think it's interesting because most of the schools that I talk to have had their budgets significantly cut. Uh huh. In see, the Greg. Last, see, like, real years. people. Like, significant. <laughs> um, but I did just read some recent uh, survey, and I think it might have been put out by COSIN, the Consortium for School Networking, mm -hmm. that said. Um, that most technology directors anticipated that their budgets were going to increase. Um, I don't remember being specific about what types of technology that might be for, but I did think that was kind of interesting because most of the people that I've talked to are still kind of feeling those cuts. Yeah, and, and, and we're slowly coming back uh, from what I can understand. Now, I will say this, you know, having stepped away from the education market 
as you know a, a day to day integral worker. But from my understanding of the budgets and stuff like that, that is slowly yeah. returning, at least in our small part of the world. So, and and actually, to be fair, there were budgets cut in various places in the UC system. I think a lot of our budget cuts were used to cut in areas where things really needed to be cut. And I think there were, amazingly enough, some intelligent people somewhere above me where that realized that things like uh, educational technology equipment, which is I think where our what our line item is called, uh, are kind of important. So, you know, other people here did not escape the axe, but we did. But you did. Well, good for you. Seriously, that that, that is awesome. We did not, or the, the you know the guys I used to work with did not. Uh, all right, uh, from higher ed uh, tech decisions, technology managers want colleges to read the fine print regarding their role. Basically. <laughs> um, Greg, I'm going to start with you on this because, first of all, I know you're going to have plenty to say. Mm -hmm. um, in all seriousness, the, 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 being a tech manager is one of those things where a lot of times it's a catch-all. Uh, it's a catch-all position for IT, for AV, obviously, sometimes for video. I know our buddy Scott Tyner um, does work with, with the video department at, at, uh, at Bates College. So what exactly, if you had to write it, Greg, what would you say is your four or five things like this? This this is on my, this is on my, on my job description. The the one that actually the big one that I would point to is the, is the is the, the line we always refer to around here: other duties and responsibilities as well, that's required. That's a big one. Yes. <laughs> you get that in there, and you know you're done for. Abandon all hope, ye who enter here. Um, yeah, our, our job is kind of, um, yeah, it's a little bit of everything. And if you're unhappy with it, uh, wait a month, it'll change, <laughs> you know, along with the technology. So yeah. I, is this actually a surprise? I, I, I want to hear from Ernie I, I'm, or, and, and from you. I mean, is this kind of a surprise to anybody? Well, no. uh, Ernie, Greg, yeah, I'll answer that. Uh, about 10 years ago, Infocom had a group of technology managers come in for about a three or four day session to discuss what technology managers are, what they need to do their job, what tools. That was kind of the start of uh, this program that they ran uh, at Infocom. It was how it got kicked off. And it, looking at this article, it looks like they have kept our notes. Mm. Uh, I mean, that, that this is the discussion we had 10 years ago with Infocom about, you know, this is what we do. This is what we need help with, you know, budgeting and developing managers, you know, because I don't know of anyone in AV management who started out as a manager. They didn't go to management school. They, they learned AV and worked their way up. Okay. Um, it explains a lot. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, we, we started out running the technology and once again, just work our way up. What going back to, you know, what do technology managers do and what is your job description? What I tell my staff is their responsibility is 
is to maintain and set up classrooms in such a way that when Dr. Smith walks out of his office towards lecture hall, he's thinking about what he's going to teach the students. He's not going to say, what button am I supposed to punch? Or do you think they fixed this yet? Or is the lamp going to go out during my lecture? Those things aren't going to come to his mind. He's going to be thinking about what he's going to teach. And I also remind them on our campus, the people that are learning are going to be taking care of you in your old age because they're, the, <laughs> they're medical students. Yeah. You don't want them to miss a lecture. No. And, and they're going to have needles and scalpels. <laughs> That's right. Sharp instruments. Keep yes. that in mind. That's right. Yeah. But, you know, our goal is to take the concern of the technology away from the instructor. The, the line that we use occasionally that I think uh, piggybacks right on that thought perfectly is the instructor is going to walk into a classroom with little or no training, usually no, because they're too busy. And right. if they can't walk into any room on campus and just understand the AV equipment like they've worked with it all their lives and do their lecture flawlessly, it is all your fault. Yeah. And, and that's kind of the bottom line. And that encompasses that encompasses a just a ton of stuff that most people most people never appreciate. Certainly a lot of stuff I think a lot of the people above us never understand. Yeah. You know, there, there's there's all sorts of calls of duty involved in, in uh, <laughs> coming up with those sorts of systems. I want to go back to this conference that we had about 10 years ago. Uh, Greg Bronze from, from Cornell was in the group. He was also a uh, one of the uh, chair of the Technology Managers Council years ago. Uh, but Greg had rented a car when he got town. Most of us had just taken a shuttle to the hotel, but he had some personal stuff to do, so he rented a car, and he pointed out to us, you know, when I got in that rental car, it was different than my car. I did not have to read a user's manual to drive it here. He said, why can't we make AV systems like that? Yep. And that was the beginning of Dashboard for Controls. Because integrators like to show off. Well, no, no, oh, wait, the, I'm sorry. Did I, that slip out? I still love Dashboard con for Controls, and I still swear by it. Yeah. I, I, well, that, I that, was, that was where that came from. Greg said, you know, I looked at the dashboard, and the fuel gauge was in a little bit different place, and the speedometer was still centered, and I could figure out how much gas was in the car and how fast I was going and what gear I was in without having to read a book. And he said, yeah. AV systems aren't like that. Why not? But and to, and to Greg Brown's point, he's right. I mean, the people yes. who don't follow it is because right. nine times out of ten they want to show off some of their you know their skills. So. Right. Uh, all right, Chrissy, uh, you've got the last word on this. Uh, what do you think should be, or, or from from your experience with talking with tech managers, what what should be on their on their list of duties? I don't know what should be on their list of duties, but I know there's a lot of things that I think um, you know are on the list of duties now that probably weren't before. And I know a lot of people have talked to me about budgets that they're now like responsible for, you know, figuring out their own budgeting and kind of figuring out their own processes. And it's, I think, difficult because I, for someone had mentioned like you, you study, you learn AV technology, and you're not learning management skills. So now there's almost like a business yeah. side of it too. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys very much uh, for another hour and another uh, episode of EdTech. Uh, with us has been Chrissy Winsky. Uh, Chrissy is now with K-12 Tech Decisions, part of EH Pubs. Uh, thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Uh, where can people find you or more about K-12? Uh, at K-12TechDecisions.com or follow us at K-12TD on Twitter. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ernie Bailey from UAMS, thank you, sir. 
glad to always. Uh, and you can find me uh, on LinkedIn uh, or at uh, uams.edu. uams.edu. And last but not least, in the plush and overly ostentatious University of California, L.A., I go um, surfing now. <clears throat> yes, you can go surfing now. Was that was that a dig on my Hawaiian shirt? No, it wasn't. No. Oh, okay. nice Hawaiian shirt hey, though, by the way. It was well, a dig on the know, palm tree behind you. It, it was. Uh, it, it meant the most important consideration for a Tuesday morning podcast recording shirt. It was clean. clean. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm. A lot of people have found me on LinkedIn, and I also blog periodically for. Infocomo voices when I don't write things that upset them, like my latest blog, which might have to find another home someplace else, but that's still up in the air, and so I'll stop talking now before I dig my hole any deeper. Thank you very much for being here, everybody. I enjoyed it. Oh, my. I like you, Greg. I only got to see Greg once during Infocom. It was a bummer. And he was he was in the middle of, t or in, the, in between teaching classes, so... Uh, no, I, I was. It was in the middle of one great big class. It yeah. was a three-day class. That was. You you don't you don't appreciate what standing up and talking for three days is like until you try standing up and talking for three days. <laughs> and I had a co-teacher. So you were only one and a half days. Um, we we alternated. We alternated. Oh, Although he did give me the the brand new. Uh, IT section of the material. Thank you very much, Mel. I enjoyed nice. the hours of that. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, you, you've got that. Like I said, not that I'm bitter or anything. You've got 35 or, IT or... departments to, at your back. You've got, you got this. <laughs> yeah, now if, if I understood how many of those IT departments. Yeah, that's that's between you and, you know, yeah. UCLA. I'm a rational, sane person. I'm not. I'm not IT material. I understand that joke completely. Uh, all right. Uh, th my name is Tom Albright. Don't follow me. Go by the website if you would, please. Avianation.tv. What, what, what's the difference between God and an IT manager? God doesn't think he's an IT manager. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. He's here all week. Two drink minimum. Uh, <laughs> Uh, go by the website, avianation.tv, avianation.tv. You'll find this podcast and a host of others. Uh, also, uh, we are starting a, a newsletter just to keep people up to date for those who aren't on Twitter, honestly, uh, because that's our main, uh, how people get out and find out about the new podcast. So uh, if you would, if you're interested, go ahead and sign up there. Um, we have a new uh, a new state of control. Uh, George just did a new, George Tucker just did a new lighting guy show last night, so that'll be up there shortly. Um, AV week, obviously every, every, uh, well, we record it every Friday at post every Monday. So yeah, avianation.tv. Every week, amazingly enough. Every, every week. It's crazy. Three <laughs> years now. It works out. It is, it is amazing. Wow. Took me a whole month to figure that out. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it's because you're from California. All right. <laughs> Sun, surf. Yes, I know. It's nice. It's, it's a rough life, but somebody has got to lead it. But, but, but the <laughs> three of us have seasons. So, yes. yeah. <laughs> and you know what? You can have them. Thank you very much. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah, this... Scott was here. He only has two. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Winter and summer. Uh, yeah, uh, our, our podcast brought to you by uh, Middleatlantic. Middleatlantic.com. What great systems are built on? Thanks so much for watching and listening. This has been Ed Talk.